The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today. Hump Day. Wait, say Wednesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. Hump Day. I thought it was Thursday for a second. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg reviewing a 12-team PPR mock draft. Travis Kelsey did not go number one in this one because I was not in the draft, but he went number two to the... Uh, probably a better way to say that than he went number two. Travis Kelsey was selected second overall by Dan Schneier. Uh, guys, good uh, Good afternoon. And we will get into that draft. How about uh, how about Joe Mixon, Jamie, in the round four? That is my holy cow pick of the draft. Joe Mixon with the fourth pick of round four. Have we gone too far with that? Come on. Um, the only the only running back that went ahead of him that I kind of was like, ah, that's probably a little bit too much was Damian Pierce, because you can make a pretty strong argument for a lot of the other guys at that position that went ahead of him. But I mean, look, you got. The, the off-field situation that's, you know, still potentially going to lead to a suspension depending on how it all unfolds. And the potential of him getting cut is, is clearly out there as well. So there's, there's two pretty negative strikes looming uh, against Joe Mixon. If he comes back with the Bengals, then you'll gladly take him in probably the beginning of the third round, if not the end of the second. Exactly. It's all about where he is come August. Yeah, I know. It's just like Najee Harris. The guys who went ahead of him, including one that Jamie took, Najee Harris, uh, Javante Williams, Dalvin Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce, Aaron Jones. So, uh, Jamie. Oh, Jones went ahead of him too? Yeah, yeah. I was just looking in the third round. Yeah, Jones was the first pick of round four, which is a good pick. I mean, he's still going to have a pretty big role, right? Aaron well, Jones I, I think, I mean, uh, I, w- I-, I have Stevenson ranked ahead of him, so I- I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, but if if Thomas is here, you might want to ask Thomas why he took Damian Pierce over Joe Mixon. Oh, Thomas is here. Hey, Thomas, are you here? 
You're here. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Why'd you take Damian Pierce over Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones? Well, I, I saw that Joe Mixon could be a cap casualty, so I wouldn't want him on my team if he's a free agent, not knowing where he's going to be. And who was the other one? Aaron Jones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. And I don't know. I'm, I, I went with the young guy. Okay. Yeah. Like, we won't mention that you went to Florida. You were, you won't mention the Florida, the Gators thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm expecting Bryce Young to be with the Texans too. So I don't know. I just I went with the young guys just for that reason. Maybe not if the Colts have anything to do with that. Uh, more on that in a little bit. We'll talk about the head coach. I don't know, we have we have a mock draft on our site that has Anthony Richardson going to the Colts number one overall. Oh my gosh. Well, they're they're uh, oh so the Colts would trade up to one and get yep. Richardson. Wow. Yep. Uh, I don't well, agree, but that's one of our mock drafts. Their owner, Jim Irsay, said, that guy from Alabama looks pretty good yesterday during his yeah, press Yeah, please conference. don't let Irsay make picks. <laughs> Not that that's a bad pick, but don't let Irsay make picks. <laughs> All right, more on that draft in, in just a little bit. I do want to remind you, no Derek Carr talk today because we did about 17 minutes in a separate bonus episode yesterday. We had a really good chat about him, about wide receivers, about quarterback play. So check that out, our bonus podcast about everything related to the Derek Carr release where he could end up, who that would impact, et cetera, and what we think about Devontae Adams right now as well. It is actually baseball season. Pitchers and catchers, I think, are reporting today, and they're already firing through their position previews on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. I had lunch with Chris and Frank yesterday, guys. We had burgers in New York City. It was awesome. We talked baseball. You also did a photo shoot. I did do a photo shoot. You're going to see new YouTube thumbnails where I'm like, and <laughs> oh great <laughs> we want people to watch the videos adam are you going to the nando uh happy hour oh my god no uh, i have not it's a pretty funny story pretty funny story actually but let me tell you about the fantasy baseball today podcast um yeah it's it's awesome it's a terrific podcast it is by far the best fantasy baseball podcast out there so if you are playing fantasy baseball uh please uh, you know, check out the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. You, you know what's, what's fantastic about that show and frustrating about that show? Uh, the fantastic part of that show is, as you said, it's it's great. Um, we are, uh, our, our Fantasy Football Today show on CBS Sports HQ is nominated for an F- FSWA award. And our competition is the Fantasy Baseball <laughs> Today show. So yeah. hopefully one of our two shows takes the award home. Uh I wish I wish there was a separate football show and baseball show, and we both go in. Well, good luck to them, but not really. So, uh, yeah, Nando sends an email to a bunch of people a few days ago. It says Thursday, February sixteenth, and he starts talking about his friend. Uh, we'll call him Tim. And every year, Nando sends a big group email about his friend Tim, and some reason why we all have to get together in a bar in New York City, and you know. Do what you do in a bar in New York City, which I absolutely never want to do. So I see the email, and I texted Nando, and I said, um, I'll read it to you. I said, if there were a spam filter for emails from Nando with Tim in the body of the email, I would go ahead and create that filter. (laughs) And then he said, you don't like Tim? All he does is give. And I said, he's fine. I just can't imagine an event I'd rather skip. What I didn't read was the second paragraph, which was uh, how two people are also, as part of this event, putting together a celebration of Nando getting into the Hall of Fame. 
So that is what I told Nando that I couldn't imagine an event I'd rather skip. So he said, oh, a party honoring my Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I felt really bad um, for about a minute. I was, I was going to fly out for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Th- then I would go. But no, I would not be there. All right. Let's get back to business here. Some mock draft stuff. And we'll do the coaching stuff later in the show. Uh, the Colts and the Cardinals hiring Eagles uh, def- uh, coordinators, Arizona hiring their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, and Philadelphia offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, going to the Colts. Also, the Ravens hiring Georgia Bulldogs offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, who has four years' experience as a coordinator in the NFL, uh, to be their new OC. Yeah, that's the best hire of, of the three. All right. I, I like, I like I think that's about good. that. I think it's really good. Yeah. So the, this mock draft was the typical... Full PPR, three receiver, and a flex, uh, 12 team. And I, I looked at this draft that we did right after the Super Bowl yesterday, and um, I compared it to our Fantasy Football Today League, which we did at probably in early September, with a similar group of people. And if you look at the first two rounds, pretty similar, one quarterback in each of the two drafts, one tight end, this time around, Mark Andrews made it to the third round. Two tight ends back in September. Um, and the number of running backs and receivers was fairly similar. But if you just look at round one, Dave, uh, we had, in this draft yesterday, five running backs go in the first round and six wide receivers. Uh, early September, before the 22, 2022 season, we had eight running backs in the first round and three wide receivers. So that went from eight running backs to five and from three wide receivers to six. Uh, so much, you know, we have more faith, I guess, in the wide receivers at this point than the running backs. Yes, it's a sign of the times. I think people, especially in full PPR leagues, they want to take, you want to take a safe pick in round one to begin with. I think there are fewer safe running backs now than maybe ever before, but it does create some pretty decent value at running back when you get to, let's say, round two, round three, or even Joe Mixon. In round four, which is a crazy value. And so I, this is what I expect people are going to see in a lot of their drafts. You're going to get Kelsey. You're going to get McCaffrey and Eckler. They're for sure going to go in round one. I think Jonathan Taylor is typically going to go in round one. And then you're going to see a lot of stud receivers. And that's going to be the first round of your draft this year. And, and Jamie, you look at the running backs who went in round two. Uh, Walker, Henry, ETN, Brees Hall, Nick Chubb. That's five. How many of them do you think? By the way, Josh Jacobs was the last pick of round uh, of round one to go along with uh, McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, and Taylor. Those were the five running backs. So Ken Walker, Derrick Henry, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Nick Chubb. How many of them do you think could easily be a first round pick in a PPR league uh, by by the time we draft? The only one I think, just based on name and history, would be Henry, unless Brees Hall is one hundred percent healthy. Okay. I, d- I don't think people are going to take Ken Walker in round one. I don't think people are going to, depending on where Jacobs goes, uh, is a round one pick. Um, I don't think there'll be that much faith in Travis Etienne, despite you know having a, a very productive first season in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I, I think based on you know just what the the trends are, I would probably guess there's a more likelihood of a quarterback going ahead of those guys in the first round than there is those running backs. They all certainly, certainly based on ADP. Yeah, in our draft, they all went ahead of Mahomes, who was the 10th pick of round two. And then, Dave, uh, how about round three? Can you see any of these guys moving up so much that they would get into the first round? Najee Harris, 
Javante Williams, Dalvin Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce. I think it would take, I think it's a long shot for any of them, but in the case of Javante, it's, it's kind of the same thing as Brees Hall. Uh, do we find out that he's totally healthy and ready to go? And do we find out that he's the only running back that's going to be involved in the Denver Broncos offense? If we knew that and both those things were true, I think you can make the case for Javante as a first-round pick, just knowing what we know about how Sean Payton loves to involve his running backs in his offenses. Pollard, we think he's going to stay in Dallas. Could there be a situation where he goes somewhere else or Dallas makes a crazy commitment to him and he's in every down back there? In that situation, maybe he gets close to round one. I don't think he necessarily gets into round one. The other thing that I'd point out is that if the situations change for Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams, I could see, I mean, theoretically, any wide receiver. I could see those guys falling out of round one and maybe a running back gets pushed in. Kind of feels like Jacobs is a little bit pushed into round one in our mock because he was the last pick in the round. I, I think there's a chance where one of those receivers could lose some favor among the general public because they have a bad quarterback or an old quarterback and their situation changes and they fall out of round one. It's hard to see right now, especially with Cup. But you never know what could happen with these guys. They've got some things that just aren't locked in the way that it is for someone like like Chase or Jefferson or Tyreek Hill. I guess maybe things aren't exactly locked in for Tyreek either. With Tua, we yeah. don't know exactly if he's going to be totally ready to go and fully cleared, and then can you believe that he'll actually be on the field for 17 games? Yeah. What was your scenario for Pollard? Because... Uh, he goes to a team that just makes him an every down oh, back. Well, what if he just Whether goes back Dallas to Dallas or anywhere else? What if Dallas franchises him and doesn't bring back Zeke? How is he not a first-round pick? I, I think that there would be another running back there, if not Zeke, to to take some of that workload away from Pollard. And maybe they up him from, you know, they, the coaches talked about this past year, 30 snaps a game. Maybe they up that to 40 snaps per game. That puts him into round two. But to be a round one pick, I think he'd need to be just that workhorse dude who doesn't lose goal line touchdowns. I mean, that was a killer to his value, watching Ezekiel Elliott get all those touchdowns. And yet he was still really good. But Jamie, uh, they don't bring back Zeke. They franchise Tony Pollard. You're, you know, Where would you put uh, Pollard? He'd be borderline first round pick for sure. You know, and uh, I'll say the same thing about Ramondre. You know, you get very positive reports out of him from Bill O'Brien's offense, and and he's going to be on the cusp as well. But um, it's going to take a big leap of faith to trust those two guys to that length. Okay, so let's talk about something I wanted to discuss yesterday, rounds three through five wide receivers, which had been a really, really good area in the draft to take wide receivers until last year. It was a, it was a big disappointment in 2022. So who were they this year? <laughs> and you know what else we kind of said was like, well, the ones who, who were busts had bad quarterback play. So maybe we should really focus on wide receivers with good quarterbacks in this group. Okay, well, the first two were Garrett Wilson. Well, the, the, first, <laughs> the first three were Garrett Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, who we think may be on another team, uh, and Chris Godwin. So Wilson, Hopkins, Godwin, Marquise Brown, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, and Tyler Lockett. And that's a lot of names. Yeah. We can go through them again. But 
you're not it, you just it's impossible to only pick wide receivers who have good quarterbacks basically there's just not enough good quarterbacks right now but uh, you know maybe we'll break it up like the first half dave garrett wilson hopkins godwin marquise brown who was an absolute stud before deandre hopkins came to the card or you know came back uh chris olave dk metcalf debo samuel keenan allen um michael pittman we'll stop there who do you like in that group um you know who, which where was the good value there uh, where was the good value? Uh, who, who do you like the best? In that group, or who do I like in that group? I definitely like Garrett Wilson. Uh, the thing about a lot of these wide receivers is that their QB is TBD. Right. And we're expecting upgrades for a lot of these wide receivers at quarterback Garrett Wilson, certainly at the top of the list. And I, I just, I'm assuming that he's going to be a target hog for the Jets. I like that they're changing offensive coordinators, even though it is Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think Hackett's going to go in there and say, all right, we're going to run the ball like crazy, uh, especially if they do make that upgrade at quarterback to a veteran like we think that they're going to make. I think their offensive line is pretty good. I think Brees Hall has a chance to be amazing, and they would stick with him if he is 100%. Is he 100%? And even if he is 100%, they're going to use play action, and they're going to throw downfield, and I think Garrett Wilson is an outstanding talent. So I really like him, and I think he's worth a round three pick. But I think DeAndre Hopkins is too. We know that he's pretty much locked into being a stud receiver almost wherever he goes. I don't think he's going to go to a team where he's playing with an inferior quarterback, especially if he has a say in what team that he goes to. So I think he's going to end up in round three. Um, Olave, if he's got a, a quarterback who throws downfield, I think he'll be great. DK Metcalf's a guy who we know who his quarterback's going to be. I don't think it's going to make you scared like it might have a year ago. Is he a round three pick? Maybe late round three? He could get in that range. So those are probably my favorites, those four guys. All right. And, Jamie, if we look at the second half, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett. Do you think those guys belong in the round four through five range? Ridley, Cooper, DJ Moore, McLaurin, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett. Absolutely. You know, I, I think McLaurin might have gone a you know, couple spots too soon, but, you know, there's always the potential for him to – you know, still be a superstar because he's shown it at times in the past. You know, just got to see how he does with Sam Howell and who the coordinator is there. Um, but I, I think, you know, you just look at what – or no, they hired Greg Roman, right? Um, so you look at what uh, uh, the the potential is for a lot of these guys. I mean, I, I think Amari Cooper's got superstar potential, you know, full offseason and, and full year with Deshaun Watson. Love that pick. Um, I took Christian Watson. I'm very excited about him. I think he'll, he'll do well with whoever the quarterback is there, most likely Jordan Love. And so, you know, you, you look at this group and this is why you gravitate toward these guys, you know, with, you know, as, as in the case for me, like Watson was my third receiver, you know, I love that. Um, you know, so if, if you draft hopefully the right way, not prioritizing running backs and, you know, just looking at this group of receivers, there's, there's top 20, if not top 15 upside for a lot of this, this group. Yeah. Convince me why Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper shouldn't be closer to the top of the list. The guys who went ahead of Ridley and Cooper were, Garrett Wilson, Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, Olave, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, and then it was Ridley and Cooper. Jamie, you know, you got, with Ridley and Cooper, you have guys who have done it before. They've been great. They have maybe the best quarterback situations of this group, except for maybe Keenan Allen. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think you can make a pretty compelling case that... uh that they should be toward the top or at the top. 
I'm still not sold on Ridley being the best receiver in Jacksonville. I want to see it first. You know, so for me, Christian Kirk's still the better of the two. Um, so we'll see how it all unfolds once we get to camp. And, and hopefully he's reinstated. Today's the first day he's eligible to be reinstated. So um, I hope everything goes well there. I can't imagine it doesn't. But um, so Ridley, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that he should be at the top of the group yet. Uh, but by the end of, you know, by the start of training camp, I, I'm, I may be swayed otherwise. But uh, Cooper, you could definitely see a path to it, you know. Um, He's, he's in an offense that's got a quarterback that has the potential to feature a guy, as we've seen in the past with Deshaun Watson. You know, I, I think now that he'll be, you know, even further removed from the suspension and, and, and the whole situation that he uh, unfortunately put himself in, that he's going to, um, you know, be able to, you know, just play quarterback and, and, and allow his playmakers to make plays. And certainly Mark Cooper has been able to do that with, with a multitude of guys, you know, certainly Derek Carr and. Uh, Dak Prescott for the majority of his tenure. So I, I think Amari Cooper's got the the highest upside of uh, maybe this group for sure. You know, so maybe better than than Pittman and 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 Keenan Allen, not knowing where he is. Depot Samuel, you know. So I uh, love the setup for Amari Cooper for sure. And there are going to be fantasy managers who will not be in on Amari Cooper because they'll they'll view him as an older receiver, an unsexy receiver. Uh, they'll judge him because of Deshaun Watson. They won't be in on him, but the stats are going to be there for him. And hopefully he'll be a better player on the road than he was this past season. And Ridley, it's it's more of a projection pick, and that's more of a bet on Trevor Lawrence. And 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 Ridley, we've seen him before. Touchdown Maven, target hog in Atlanta, somebody who could go and, and be very, very productive in this Doug Peterson offense. Both of these guys are in my top 50 overall. Both of these guys are ahead of other receivers that are that were drafted ahead of them in this draft. So I'm I'm very excited about both of them. I think they're like late round four type players. Are you guys generally optimistic about this group of receivers that went in these three rounds? For sure. Some of them, some of them, but generally, yes. 17 wide receivers in the three rounds. Um, Okay. So I just want to give a few stats here as I was just doing the, the research. Uh, Jerry Judy was one of the receivers who went in this round. He was the number 22 wide receiver per game in PPR. He was number 20 in in non-PPR. There were three games this year where he played 1%, 14%, and 38% of the snaps. So that really hurt Jerry Judy's per-game averages. Same thing with a guy like T. Higgins. That's three games where he barely played for Jerry Judy. His pace, if you remove those games, 88 catches, 1,269 yards, nine targets on 130 targets, and that's a legit top 15 wide nine receiver. touchdowns nine touchdowns yes nine touchdowns what did i say not nine targets you said nine targets it's okay <laughs> i do that all the Actually, time it's all eight good. and a half touchdowns if i want to be exact um how did he do with Cortland sutton oh well one one of the his best game of the year was a three touchdown game was without Cortland sutton so that's an argument against him but uh first five weeks of the season sutton was definitely the preferred guy things started to change in week six and he just Looked like Judy really became the number one guy from that point forward. So uh, he was part of that group, too. We'll talk a lot about him. And then Debo Samuel with Brock Purdy. There were six games. There were only four games where he played a full snap share, but there was only one game for Debo Samuel with Purdy where he had more than 58 yards. Uh, That was against the Seahawks in the playoffs. So I don't know. You took him, Jamie, actually, Debo Samuel in round four, I think, right? Uh, I did. You know, it's more based on... I want to see what this offense is going to look like with whoever is a quarterback. You know, so we have no idea what he can fully do with Brock Purdy because you mentioned it. You know, there was a lot of uh, missed time there. 
Uh, we have no idea what you can do with Trey Lance because of a lot of missed time there from Lance. So I still buy into Debo as a, a premier playmaker. Uh, his numbers definitely were not great when Christian McCaffrey joined the team. But again, a lot of that was missed time. So uh, it's more of a gamble on the talent as opposed to just the situation and seeing what's going to happen one way or the other. Uh, but obviously, I think Debo certainly shown the ability. If you just look at his receiving numbers last year, uh, 2021, uh, his receiving numbers were still fantastic. It was the rushing numbers that made him an elite fantasy option. And so if you just take his receiving potential alone, he could still be a top 15 caliber receiver. Uh, I hope that's going to be the case with whoever the quarterback is for San Francisco. How skeptical are you that Brock Purdy is going to be the quarterback? It, it seems like... Very skeptical. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot health. to ask. Right, right. He, he's going to be ready. What? During the preseason, basically? Maybe at some point during training camp? That is a big head start for Trey Lance. And it's... Purdy was <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. I don't, I don't know. But all right. I think we're on the same page there. I'm not just going to take anyone's word for it that he's going to be their uh, their starting quarterback. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll play Was This the Right Move? And then we'll see how Dave and Jamie built their teams. And then we'll go over the coaching news and read an email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Back after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, here's a segment called Was This the Right Move? We look in the draft. You tell me if our drafters made the right decision. In round six, the second pick of round six, it was Isaiah Pacheco. Was this the right move? Isaiah Pacheco ahead of James Conner, James Cook, and Miles Sanders. Yep. Yes. Right pick. Okay. Pacheco ahead of Connor, James Cook, and Miles Sanders. Now guys, in two months, it might be an awful pick, but right now it's a great right pick. <laughs> you guys said round five. You won the second pick of round two. Yeah. What's up, Shafee? 
Thanks for the compliment. That was my pick. Second pick of round six. I'm sorry. Uh, it was your pick. Oh, okay. Why? So why? Go ahead. You can come back. Oh, you cursed. Look at you. I cursed. Um, I mean, he was great. He looked great in the playoffs, and I just think his talent. Like you can just see it that he's fast. He runs with uh, violence, honestly. And then yeah. the other guys that the other options you have are just like you know guys that are probably on the back ends of their career. So. I went, I went with two receivers early, then Pierce. You guys roasted me a little bit for that. So I try to get with the high upside uh, young running backs. Okay. Uh, yeah, some of those guys on the back ends of their career. James Cook, obviously, not part of that, but um, okay. Next up, right. Kadarius Toney. Seventh, seventh round, ninth pick, so late round seven. Was this the right move? Kadarius Toney ahead of Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore, and Jamison Williams. No, I would have taken the second will be second year receivers and Williams and Burks ahead of him. It's the right range for him. So if you know if you're buying into what he could be, then I think it's a good gamble. But I, I agree with Dave. I'd rather have Burks and Jameson. Uh, but I would take him over Elijah Moore. You as well, Dave, over Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony. I would. Okay. Because I just I, I don't. I think the only way that Elijah Moore has a chance at a really big rebound is if they get Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I don't think any other quarterback that they can bring in can support two wide receivers on a regular basis in that offense. Okay. So that was Kadarius Tony, ninth pick of round seven. How about Tony Pollard, round three, pick eight, the eighth pick of round three? Was this the right move, Tony Pollard, ahead of Damian Pierce, Aaron Jones, and Joe Mixon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, was this the right move? Zay Jones and Josh Palmer ahead of Darnell Mooney. All of them in round eight. Zay Jones and Josh Palmer ahead of Darnell Mooney. Uh, 100% for Palmer. Um, uh, Mooney, I probably would take him over Zay Jones. If we knew for sure that Keenan Allen was done with the Chargers, then you can make the case for Palmer over Mooney. But as I have it ranked right now, Mark Mooney's ahead of both Zay Jones and Josh Palmer. If Keenan Allen has gone from the Chargers, Josh Palmer's probably going in round five or six. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the upside of what he can give you. I don't think his production justified that. Uh, if you just look, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, in fact, I feel very confident in saying that because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen missed it a lot. How many games did they play together? Like five. And this is a guy who went 769 yards and three touchdowns. Then he had 31 yards in the playoffs with no Mike Williams. Like, I was really excited about It's not about Mike Williams, him. though. It's just Keenan Allen. But he's that's, not that's a slot his, his receiver. Better, his better opportunity, better role. Plus, you're talking about a much better play caller and, and a hopefully healthier quarterback. Yeah I, yeah, I just wonder if we're overrating Josh Palmer because he had his opportunities it, last year and didn't really do so well with them. He was okay. What, what have we talked about already this offseason about what the Chargers need on <laughs> offense? Speed. I think they need speed. They need a downfield guy. And I think greasy, greasy, you're going to crap thunder. Sorry, not being Mick. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Uh, If they get rid of Keenan Allen and they bring in a speedy receiver, uh, it depends on like the caliber of the receiver. If it's a first round pick type of a guy, then that's going to be a playmaker in the offense that's going to take targets away from Williams and Palmer. If it's someone of the DJ Chark ilk, I'd be surprised if he takes on as many targets. And then that the next question would be, what role would Josh Palmer have next? Would he slide into the slot role? And if he does that, 
Now we're talking about somebody who in a PPR league well, is that's what I'm counting on. Jamie's saying. You're counting on Josh Palmer replacing Keenan Allen as the yes. slot guy yes. for the L.A. Chargers with Kellen Moore as the offensive play caller. If that goes down, I agree with you. If it doesn't go down, I'm not so sure that Josh Palmer will even be worth taking where he went in this draft. Oh, so I there's totally a agree. Lot that yes, to, there's, that. there's so much that has to like shake out with L.A. Yeah. I, I, do you want the quote uh, from me? <laughs> You need greasy, fast speed, I think he says. You gotta eat lightning. You gotta crap thunder. Okay. Uh, was this the right move? George Pickens, eighth re- eighth pick of round six. George Pickens ahead of Gabe Davis, Deontay Johnson, and Jahan Dotson. Um, I mean, it's fine. No, you're banking on a guy getting his, you know, second year bump. Um, it's it's certainly debatable if he's. If he's even better than Deontay Johnson on his own team, uh, but you know, if you're if you're you know looking for a guy to take a, a next step, and that's the type of spot you got to take him. I've got him as a top thirty receiver right now. I love the talent, and you're 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 betting on him. You're betting on Pickett coming together in their second seasons. The offense, though, man, like I I wish the play calling were a little bit better, a little bit more aggressive. We'll, we'll see. I don't know if I can keep him as a top 30 receiver all offseason long, but there's potential for Pickens to be very, very good. So that was I like, I like in PPR, I'd still take Deontay Johnson over him, but I would take Pickens over Davis. Okay, that was Pickens ahead of Gabe Davis, Deontay Johnson, and Jahan Dotson. And how about a quarterback one? Was this the right move? Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson going with the first two picks of round 10. Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson ahead of Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and Trey Lance. I think Watson for sure. Yeah. Um, Kyler is debatable. You know, we just don't know what his health is. You know, so if he's going to be ready for week one, there's some video of him uh, doing some rehab, look look good on an exercise bike for what that's worth. Um, You know, if he's if he's ready for week one, and you're hoping that he's going to you know take advantage of the offense that he's going to be in with whoever's going to be the play caller there. I don't think they've announced that yet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then there's still a lot to love about him. But if he's limited by any stretch, then it's risky. So uh, I, I think ahead of Daniel Jones, yes, because you're, you're buying into what he could be. But maybe too soon. I'm nervous about him. Running quarterback, coming back off a torn ACL and a new offense with a new offensive coordinator. He was the right fit for the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Cliff basically was hired to make him the number one pick and to thrive in that offense. I don't know if he can thrive in a different type of offense. So it, it, he, he's a post-round 10 pick. I know how great he's been, but take all that, include that DeAndre Hopkins is getting out of town. I don't know if there's a whole lot to Maybe. like about Tyler Murray. We don't know that about Hopkins. But well, I'm I'm hoping so. Gosh, wouldn't they love to trade him? Wouldn't you think? He just signed a new contract. It makes about forty six million dollars a year, and they have the third pick. When they signed him to a contract, they never thought they'd have the third pick in the draft. I mean, they're in a position to get Young or Stroud or Levis certainly. And I just maybe they should do it. This is the same franchise. Well, who's trading for Kyler Murray though at this point though? No, at I that know. contract coming off an ACL. I said, wouldn't they wish they could? You know, wouldn't they love oh, yeah, to yeah. trade him? Would be in a position to do it, and uh, this is the franchise that drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. And the next year, they just said, "All right, forget him. We're taking Kyler Murray." It's also a different regime, same ownership, but different regime. Yeah, 
I think they should take a quarterback, personally. Kingsbury, we're, we don't know where he's going to end up now, right? Monken took the job in Baltimore. So if Kingsbury signs somewhere else, could they say, all right, now we'll try and get Kyler too? Uh, I don't know if that's a, a package deal anymore. My guess is that the Cardinals try and make it work with Kyler. Yeah, I don't know that they have much of a choice. But, okay, let's see how you guys built your team. How did Dave and Jamie build their teams? Well, uh, Jamie had the sixth pick and Dave had the tenth pick. Twelve teams, three receivers, full PPR. They both started wide receiver in round one, running back in round two. For Jamie, that was Cooper Cup and Brees Hall. For Dave, that was Tyreek Hill and Ken Walker. They both took a tight end in round five or six, so that was a position you prioritized. Dave took TJ Hawkinson in round five. Jamie took Dallas Goddard in round six. Quarterback was a different situation, though. Dave took the sixth QB off the board, Justin Fields. That was in the sixth round. Jamie waited. Kirk Cousins in round 12. Aaron Rodgers in round 14. So, again, they both started wide receiver running back. They both took a tight end in round five or six, but Dave took Fields in round six, whereas Jamie took two quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins in round 12, and Aaron Rodgers in round 14. Uh, with that said, let's take a look at Jamie's build here. Cooper Cup at sixth overall, then Brees Hall, then Ramondre Stevenson. Mm. He took Stevenson ahead of Mark Andrews, ahead of Tony Pollard, ahead of Jalen Hurts. Uh, Debo Samuel in round four. Uh, you know, she, yeah, there you go. There's Jamie's team. Uh, Debo Samuel in round four. Christian Watson in round five. Dallas Goddard in round six. Tyler Algier, Josh Palmer, Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, Jeff Wilson, Cousins, Rogers, Spiller. So let's see. The starting lineup would be Cousins or Rogers, Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson, Dallas Goddard at tight end, and then your flex is Tyler Algier or it's Josh Palmer or Rashad Bateman or Rondell Moore, Jeff Wilson with Isaiah Spiller as a handcuff. Uh, not for your team. It took Jamie a while to pick Spiller, looks like. <laughs> yeah, minute 36. You, you see the elapsed time. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the elapsed time of each pick. And I know I reset on one of them because I was That was the one. Them. Yeah. That was the one. Spiller. Uh, Jamie, very quick drafter. Under 20 seconds on like, almost all of his picks. Anyway, how do you feel about your team and specifically waiting on quarterback? Oh, I'm fine with it. I think Cousins is, is a very serviceable number one guy, and um, Rodgers could end up being a, a, a steal depending on where he ends up. That's, you know, when you do best ball drafts now. You know, these are the type of guys you gamble on. But um, going back to the Palmer pick, Jacob Gibbs ruined me on 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 that in that round. I don't know if Heath would have taken Jacoby Myers, but, I, I mean, I'm falling more and more in love with the potential of what he can be, you know. So, as I said on our free agency preview, um, I think he's going to be this year's Christian Kirk. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to love about where he could hopefully end up, and I hope he goes to a situation where they'll actually feature him as opposed to where he's been in New England with the lack of, you know, the the, the passing opportunities and, and quarterback play that we hope for for a receiver that kind of may go overshadowed. But um, so I love the setup for him. So I, I would have preferred Myers instead of Josh Palmer. But in any event, um, I mean, you see what my strategy was. You know, heavy on receiver early, and uh, you know Stevenson in round three I think could you know be. As, as I said, you know, borderline round one guy if he plays to his potential in this offense. So um, if Bateman is still the number one guy in, in Baltimore and Rondell Moore takes on a bigger role in Arizona with the moving on of DeAndre Hopkins and uh, the retirement of A.J. Greenfoot, that's worth. Um, 
you know, there, there's there's two potential guys that could be significant factors in, in their passing games along with what I said about Palmer. So very excited about that team. I do think people are overlooking Rondell Moore. Remember how good he or whoever was in that slot role. Rondell Moore, his first game. It's a different offense, though, so we just don't know. Yeah, I guess so, but you got to like the production. I mean, first game, whatever, 11 yards, then 13.1, 10.9, 4.1, 23.4, 14.9, 18.4 PPR points. He was on an absolute tear. And then right, he was and, and so is Greg Dorch. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so that's Jamie's team. And let's take a look at Dave's team now with the ninth, 10th pick, pardon me, Tyreek Hill, Ken Walker, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Olave. So this is this is an unusual team for Dave. It's wide receiver heavy. Three of his first four picks. His second running back didn't come until round seven. Tyreek Hill, Ken Walker, Hopkins, Olave, TJ Hawkinson, Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Jamison Williams, Devin Singletary, Clyde, uh, Greg Dulcich, Zamir White, Rashad Penny, and Alan Lazard. Championship. <laughs> I mean, you're going to love throwing Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chris Olave out there with Jamison Williams on your bench. You got Hawkinson. You got Dulcich at top uh-uh, end. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Jamison Williams is going to be my flex. Oh, your flex. My bad. Um, so, But obviously, you know, Ken Walker and then Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Clyde Edwards, Elayers, Amir White, Rashad Penny. Those are your running backs. So definitely a departure from what we usually see from you, Dave. Did the best I could to take um, top player available with – potentially one exception with Kenneth Walker in round two. I needed, I, I got to have one stud running back. And I, I feel like, especially in a league where you're starting three wide receivers and a flex, the time has come to really focus on that as best as you can. That's something that I definitely did not used to do. So I focused on it and I got two young receivers. I've been talking already. It feels like months, but it's really been more like month. I've been talking month about getting those young wide receivers, those second-year receivers from the draft class. Olave was definitely one that I like to target. Williams is going to be one that I'm going to absolutely be all over, especially at the price that you pay on draft day. And I I definitely want to try and get one of those top, uh, we'll call it top eight quarterbacks, at at a fair value. Not a steal value and not a reach value, but just at a point where I feel like it's a fair value, maybe even a little bit of a good value. And I think that's what I got with Justin Fields in round six. Getting Montgomery in round seven, I know a lot of people are scared to take him. I think he ends up in at least a, a 1B role somewhere in the National Football League. If it's still in Chicago, that's a 1A role. Getting that in round seven is amazing. And he might fall. He might actually stick to round seven in drafts because we're drafting without rookies. And there could be as many as three rookie running backs that go ahead of David Montgomery by the time we get to May, June, July. Uh, and then if I do take this route of getting a lot of stud receivers early, I'm going to hammer running backs and just try and play, you know, running back roulette with the guys that I take in round seven through the end of the draft. So hoping that someone from Montgomery, Singletary, CEH, Zamir White, uh, that that's a picking case that Josh Jacobs doesn't come back. Uh, Rashad Penny for the five games that he's healthy for. Just get a running back on my team that's got some upside that I can use at different parts of the season instead of trying to just put all my eggs in the running back basket a little bit earlier on. So let's just ask one follow-up here looking at your team. Tyreek Hill in round one. The, the two picks before Walker, you took Walker with the third pick of round two. 
They were mm-hmm. AJ Brown and CD Lamb. So they were not Lamb options for you. Lamb might have been the pick. Now let's say you had gone wide receiver there. You had taken who was your next best receiver? Amonra St. Brown, Waddle, Higgins, Devante, Smith. I think it's St. Brown who I have ranked higher. All right. So let's say you had gone Tyree Kill and Amonra St. Brown. Would you have rather have done that? And then in round three, you could have taken Damian Pierce or Aaron Jones or Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift, someone from that running back group. No, I'm happy with what I got. Okay. I'm happy. I'm really actually happy to get Hopkins in round three and Walker in round two. I think Walker is another one of those running backs that it's it's harder to say in a full PPR, but I think he's got a chance to be a first round pick easily in non PPR. But even in full PPR, if enough receivers fall out of there and the the hype starts to build for this really good running back in his second season in an offense that's gonna cater to him. I don't. I think he's got a shot to get in that eleven or twelve spot. All right, that will conclude our mock draft uh, review. Jamie is the story on the website already. Yep. All right, cool. Check it out. A write up of the draft and some thoughts and all of the picks. And it's just even right now, it is so helpful to do to do mock drafts. It's it's a great tool, the best way to prepare yourself, I think. For yeah, your we'll probably do. We'll, pro- we'll do another one just to wrap up the Super Bowl. Next week, and then we'll probably do one a month. Okay. Can I can I throw something out there for the listeners? If I were to organize a mock draft with a dozen listeners, would you guys be interested in taking part and then having us evaluate it? Oh, during I love, that's a great idea. Right? Okay. Why don't we? See if you guys what, like it? Say it in the chat. Leave a comment. Email me. All that stuff, and we'll see if we can make that happen. I think that would be fun. Oh yeah, I think th- I think. Going out on a limb, I think you're going to get some interest on that. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great idea. I think that's a really good idea. All right, we'll get a dozen of you knuckleheads together, and and then we'll we'll tear you apart for your picks. And the best part is that's good show content that I don't have to do anything for. So, you know, love it, Dave. Yes, watching Dave uh, track down 11 or 12 other people is going to be fun. No, I mean, just... just, uh, I just I mean analyzing the draft. It's like I don't have to like come up with a clever topic or anything like that. Just that's true. Letting yeah. people do my work uh, always my favorite part of. Or I can't wait till Dave says, "Hey Thomas, can you uh, email these uh, twelve people for me, please?" <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm going to find one of the twelve and have them organize it, and then they'll <laughs> get everybody together. They'll give me the time, and we'll go ahead. Maybe they could just but do I'll the podcast. I'll be too. there for the draft. I'll, I'll I'll witness the draft live. And if any of you ever want to edit. And publish the shows. Just please <laughs> let me know. <laughs> My car needs a good washing. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's go through the notes here. So, Dave, you said the 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 best one for fantasy was Todd Monken going to the Ravens. The three big From news the three items. Coaches. Yeah. The Cardinals hire Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their head coach. This is not a guy who blitzes a lot. They were second in pressure rate, sixteenth in blitz rate. And he's, in that regard, conservative. I don't want to call him conservative, but he's not the most aggressive uh, well, coordinator. I mean, he wasn't with Philadelphia. Yeah. Let, let's, let's see who his personnel is, because when you have yeah. the defensive front that he has, you don't have to blitz. Right. You know, and, and you probably should mix in a few more just to you know, shake things up a little bit. But uh, it's a little bit different when you're getting at the quarterback with four guys yeah. that you don't need to necessarily send additional guys to, to pressure the quarterback. Yeah, they were 16th in, in blitz rate. It's not like they didn't blitz, but I think there was a – some people like they, they didn't love him in Philadelphia. A lot of people really didn't love him. Um, probably, they you know. should have. I think yes. he's great. 
So I think they thought he was a little bit uh, too conservative sometimes. But anyway, a point I'd make here is that Cliff Kingsbury, wherever he shows up, was pretty good for fantasy. They ran a lot of plays. They were fourth, mm-hmm. eighth, and third in plays the last four seasons. So, you know, that was always good. It was an up-tempo offense, aggressive, with a mobile quarterback who actually threw a decent amount of passes. Um, the Colts hired Shane Steichen. So this was the Eagles' offensive coordinator. And Is it Steichen or Steichen? Oh, I, I thought it was Steichen. Um, I think it's Steichen. I think it's Steichen. We can double check it. I'm sorry about that. My bad. And is it Shane or Shanae? (laughs) Uh, That, again, I don't know. We'll have to look that one up. But look at these noteworthy free agents for the Eagles. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, a couple of defensive tackles, plus two others, Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph. Robert Quinn and Brandon Graham at defensive end. James Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps in the secondary. Linebackers, Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. On offense, Jason Kelsey and Isaac Sayamalo on the offensive line, plus, plus backup tackle Andre Dillard. Two running backs, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Uh, and Zach Paschal and Gardner Minshew. Could be interesting if he lands a starting job somewhere. Uh I th- I'll ask about the Eagles in a second, but then we also have Baltimore hiring Todd Monken, who was the Georgia Bulldogs coordinator before that, offensive coordinator for the Bucks in 2016, 2017, and 2018. We saw some very productive years from Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. 2019, the Cleveland offense wasn't so great. Baker Mayfield had a pretty crappy year in his second season in the league, but they did have a great run game. So yeah, Dave, break it down. You're most excited about Monken going to the Ravens? I've just we've seen him adapt to like what his players offer him, and he leans on his best players. And I think what you just talked about is a good example. In Tampa Bay, they didn't have stud running backs, so he didn't lean on them. And there were some years where Jameis had some monster numbers. Ryan Fitzpatrick was there one of the years, if I recall, and then he went to Cleveland, and he had great running backs there. And he he's not trying to get cute. He's just going to use the best players that he's got. And I'm sure he's taking one look at Lamar Jackson. He's assuming that he's going to be Lamar Jackson's play caller. And he's going to find ways to use him to his strengths. And not that Greg Roman didn't do that. Greg Roman almost did that to a fault. But I, I think it's going to be good for Lamar Jackson. And I, I think he's I think Mon can, can certainly bring a fresh approach as to like what the college game has been, because he did a great job at Georgia to and adapt that to what the NFL is doing defensively. And I think he's got a chance to do some really good things for that offense. I'm excited about it. It still comes down to they need a stud perimeter receiver. They probably need a little bit more speed on that offense. They got to make sure the offensive line's fine, and they got to make sure J.K. Dobbins is okay. They do those things, and this offense could really take off. I drove into work this morning thinking if I had Lamar Jackson ranked too low, and I wonder if Lamar Jackson is going to be one of those guys that bubbles up and uh, presses Joe Burrow for that number four spot in the QB rankings. Okay, Jamie, give me your thoughts on the three coaching moves, or, you know, just in general. You have to break down every one. I am going to go off headset for just a second so I can hear how to pronounce the coach's last name. <laughs> and uh, go for it's it, It's Gannon. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, no, I think Dave, you know, hit, hit it on the head. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend clearly for uh, Shane S., who the quarterback is there for Indianapolis, you know, and so we'll see. Um, it's, it's a pretty nice luxury to have Jalen Hurts, that offensive line, those two receivers in that tight end and say, okay, let's, let's try and replicate that. You don't have that in Indianapolis. So um, as, as we talked about, I think two days ago when it looked like this was the the move that was happening, 
Um, Jonathan Taylor should be in a great spot if the offensive line can some return to some semblance of what it was because of what the run game was in Philadelphia. And so I, I'm, I'm going to guess he had a huge influence on that as well. Um, in terms of Monken, you know, I, I think the one thing that that's hopefully encouraging is might, we, we'll see a few more downfield throws. You know, so that might have been something that that has been something that's been missing, I think, a little bit more consistently from Baltimore. And I think he'll allow Lamar Jackson to sort of show off his arm talent, which I think still gets criticized too much. So um, hopefully he's back. And, and as they've said, you know, got to make sure that they add another receiver, because while I think Rashad Bateman could be a number one receiver, I don't think you want him to be a number one receiver. I think he's more of a number two guy. And so if they can add some semblance of a proven player there, you know, hopefully uh, a DeAndre Hopkins type or make a trade for one of these guys entering the, the final year of the rookie deal like we saw last year, then that can certainly open up this offense and make Baltimore much more of a threat on both sides of the ball. Well, I hope the Colts are going to be liking Shane Steichen. That is how you pronounce it. So the Eagles, man, you lose both of your coordinators. First yeah. time this has happened to a Super Bowl team since 1994, and that was the 49ers. They were... Just fine. They weren't quite as good, but they were just fine in 1995, and Steve Young missed some time in that season, too. Um, but all those free agents, my God, really, really good players. And I think well, I mean, don't, don't assume they're all leaving. No, of course not. But well, well, Not all, but they're, they're going to have trouble keeping all of them, obviously. Kelsey's not going someplace else unless he wants to go play with his brother, which isn't happening. No, he might you retire, know, so. though. He said he might retire. That's what I'm saying. If He's not playing someplace else. You know, so if he's, if he's coming back, he's coming back to the Eagles. I would imagine they're going to put a priority on a couple of those defensive guys, you know, especially Fletcher Cox not letting him go someplace else, you know. So uh, they'll they'll be creative with how they do it. They have one of the best general managers in the game, maybe in history, and you know we'll we'll see how they use their draft picks, you know, to sort of restock the barrel a little bit, you know. So they they have the potential to still be a great team, but this is why we talk about Super Bowl hangovers, you know, from from these situations because when you're a great team, teams pick you apart and clearly the Eagles got picked apart with their coordinators already. And they're probably going to pick apart with free agency as well. I think Javon Hargrave is going to be a big priority for them because Fletcher Cox is 32. Hargrave is 30. So I don't know if you want to spend a lot of money on those guys anyway, no. but, but whatever, you know, look, you, you throw in like you look at TJ or Kaiser white, I think, and, and Chauncey Gardner Johnson and James Bradbury, they obviously got the most out of these players. You know, so they have obviously a, a good machine going there. But I'll be the first to say it. They're not going to win the division next year because it never happens. <laughs> it's been almost 20 years since the team has won the division twice in a row. So congratulations to the Dallas Cavs. Ah, it'll be Washington next year. Um, it'll be <laughs> the least we expected. Uh, all right. Anyway, yeah, I mean, do you have, like right now as we sit here, we've got Jalen Hurts and two wide receivers all going in the first three rounds. Maybe in some drafts, all going the first two rounds. Should we be worried about the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023? Not with those guys. Well, if their defense gets worse, then their offense might have to be even more competitive and, and throw a little bit more, run a little bit less, or at least hand off to the running backs a little bit less. I, I think, look, the, the passing game for Philadelphia, that's locked in. Okay. A.J. Brown just got acquired. Devontae Smith's on his rookie deal. Goddard got a contract extension. A decent amount of the offensive line is coming back. You mentioned Kelsey and Samalo. Uh, Gainwell's still there. So, like, the passing elements are still there, and their best rusher is their quarterback. So I think the offense is still going to be okay. They just might be in some tighter games, which, frankly, could be good for fantasy. And you're going to find, you know, 
I hope they, they, they're able to figure out the offensive line, you know, certainly with the two guys that could be leaving. Um, assuming both are back, you're going to find probably a running back that's cut that wants to go there to try and win, you know, or get some semblance of a one-year payday type of situation if Miles Sanders is gone. So that'll be something that I think people will gravitate toward. But, I mean, this is just uh, – um, I, I think a lot of the capital will probably be spent on, on the defensive side from a, from a money standpoint to keep some of those guys. Okay, a couple more notes here. Uh, actually, just one. Dalvin Cook had shoulder surgery. It's an injury that he has that has been sustained over the past Finally. few seasons. And this guy is like, I've said this before, he's like uh, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. His shoulder always popping out of place. So hopefully this fixes that. And I have, um, I just got set up on like a blind friendship date. I have a, what my best friend knows someone who lives in my town and just sent a text to both of us, like introducing us. What do you think I should, how should I, how should I play this here? I guess Taking I can. Taking those uh, happy hours. <laughs> I plus one. All right, we'll get a burger. Oh, we'll get burgers. We'll go to, go across. The best the thing to do is if there's a restaurant that you've always wanted to try, but you can't get your wife to go to, take this dude too. And then if it doesn't work out, at least you're trying, a, you know, a restaurant that you wanted to check out. Yeah, we, there's this beautiful romantic place on the water I can't get my wife to go to. I'll go with this with this new guy. Now, um, the only thing she doesn't eat is she doesn't like Chinese food, which bothers me because I love Chinese food. But uh, we'll just do burgers. I think burgers are a good intro intro dinner with, uh, you know, most people get drinks, but that's always been a problem for me. So maybe we'll get hot chocolates. All right, uh, let's read an email here. This is from Kelly at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Question for you guys. I think it was pretty obvious Jalen Hurts' throwing shoulder was not right after the injury, and I think the 40-yard Hail Mary at the end of the game all but confirmed that. Do you have any concern mm-hmm. with how many hits that Jalen Hurts takes, especially with the already banged-up throwing shoulder? This worries me a lot because for as big of a fan as as – for as big as Cam Newton was, sorry, for as big as Cam Newton was, when he hurt his throwing shoulder after taking all those hits, he went down the toilet. I'm not saying that Hurts is that far down the injury hole already, but it obviously didn't stop the Eagles from rushing him so much in the playoffs, even with that injury. What are your thoughts? I didn't think he, um, I, didn't, I didn't think the shoulder was an issue at all in the game. I thought he was throwing some dimes out there. I thought he played really, really well. Maybe two or three bad passes, not including the Hail Mary. In time, of course, he's going to take on some serious injuries and it's going to make him a, a worse version of who he is. But I'm not really worrying about that right now. I think he's going to be okay. Agreed. You know, the thing is, he didn't even give me a heads up that he was going to be sending this random text to this random person. Shouldn't he have told me, hey, just so you know, I'm going to... like, I, Yes, totally that is how, how close of a friend is he with the other person? Maybe he likes the other person more than he likes you. This is my best friend since I'm two years old, so I really but, but hope that's, that's not true. your best friend. Is, <laughs> is, it, is it reciprocated? I think so. I hope. I think so. I, you never know. Jeez. Does he live in close proximity to you? My best friend? Yes. No, he lives in California. Okay, so he lives in California. So he's he's. it, it could be a joke for both – for his perspective. Like, I'm friends with this guy. God, there's no way that guy would get along with Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe he's maybe he's gonna be like, oh, where are you going? He's gonna send a camera there. Uh, yeah, the video uh, yeah. Like the guy shows up in a clown suit or something. 
He's going to show up in like Florida State gear, you know, something like that. He's, uh, this is, oh, wow. Okay. I have more questions than answers uh, from, from this conversation. So thank you for that. Hey, I've, I've already have two emails in my inbox about the fan mock draft. So nice. props to Matt and Chris for being <laughs> on top of it. Those are people uh, who are watching live on YouTube. Those are the only people who absolutely. have heard this as of now. Yeah. So, so they're definitely going to get in. <laughs> Matt, it's, it says email Dave. Am I allowed to give out your email address? Yeah, it's all, it's everywhere. Go ahead. Email Dave at cbs.com. Dave Richard at cbs interactive. No, that's too long. That's cbsi.com. No, that's too long. D Richard at cbs.com. Okay, whatever. And Matt Weber responded. And now I've given out your email addresses. Uh, well, not Jamie's. Matt Weber responded. That looks like a fake email. Which I thought was a fun. Obviously, it's not. All right, everybody, have a great day. And it's real. Try oh, it. I forgot to tell you that I uh, signed up for the gym two weeks ago, and I quit the gym yesterday. So just letting y'all know about that. Yeah, you didn't go once. I went one time. We can talk about it tomorrow. Heath can make okay. fun of me. I got. I I will join a gym and pick up your slack. <laughs> Later. Easy. What did, What did you want from the membership? Were you getting like a free tote bag yeah. or like a T-shirt? We'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> and a huge uh, rumor on Justin Fields. Back with that tomorrow on Fantasy Football. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.